Nintendo Cartridge Audio. My name's Trevor Strunk, Hagelbon on Twitter, and uh, this week we're lucky enough to have with us two uh, guests, uh, one, two, count them, two, uh, two of your favorite posters from Twitter.com, at Bronze Hammer, otherwise known as Jesse Farrar, and at Boring as Heck, otherwise known as Stefan Heck. Uh, welcome, guys. Hello, Trevor. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Um, now, uh, both of you have, you're not any sort of stranger to the podcast game, uh, so we'll go one at a time. I'll, I'll prompt you so you don't, you know, jump all over each other explaining your podcasts. But, uh, sure. So, Stefan, you have a podcast uh, that actually just reached its 100th episode recently, right? Uh, yeah, just uh, about a month ago. Okay. Uh, so, real good show. Uh, you want to tell us about that? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it started out as like a Canadian sports podcast, uh, and then it gradually evolved into. I mean, we're st- it's still very Canadian. It's three Canadians talking <laughs> about, um, basically uh, whatever, like uh, whatever we got mad at, uh, like in real life with each other. Like, there's a lot of um, interpersonal rivalries and stuff, and I think that's what people tune in for. Um, Especially like Canadian sports right now, it's 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 the CFL, uh, middle of okay. the CFL season. So uh, right now, there's not too much sports stuff going on, which I kind of like. Um, I like just just talking with my uh, with my Canadian friends. So uh, yeah, I don't big. think I really sold it at all. I think Jesse might do a better job of selling my own podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesse's a huge CFL f- nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I love the um, the way the field is shaped and so forth. Like I will say, I, I will say honestly that uh, I think talking to Stefan made me tune in for maybe like the last five minutes of the championship game, um, wh- whatever the most recent one was. I've totally lost track of it, or or who won, or, or anything. Uh, <laughs> but I got it was it was an exhilarating like live sports event um, yeah. in a way that it just came out of nowhere. So that was cool. To, you know how sometimes like if you're on vacation, like maybe you'll flip around and catch like the Little League World Series, and you go, oh yeah, that's cool. I mean, I don't care anything about Little League or World Series in general, but. Uh, but this is cool. I get to see who wins, and everyone's all excited. So that was kind of cool. Uh, so, yeah. but these are Stephen, adults, not children. Yeah, Stefan, your your major your country's major sports league is analogous to me uh, to children. So <laughs> that's basically what I'm saying. Thank you. There, to me, the the, the analogy is like when uh, when I would go be in like a Caribbean country or or Mexico, and you just like flip around the channels and find very strange sort of exotic. Um, uh, leagues that you had no, no idea about, like uh, I don't know, like distance running or, or like I don't know, swimming, um, and you get really into it, but you'd know nothing about it. Um, oh, it's like all of Winter Olympics, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, it's like watching handball at the Summer Olympics. It's like this game <laughs> is amazing, and I would watch, I would watch like a handball league all the time, but it's like an every four right. years sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's better than arena football, and uh, I'm sure RGS gets uh, pretty uh, contentious during uh, during hockey season. Yeah, uh, would, yeah, would it's more nice. it's more hockey focused than anything else. That's Canadian. Um, so cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, and Jesse, uh, you have a podcast with uh, with Mike Hale, otherwise known as Dog Boner, on Twitter. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, your Kickstarter sucks is the name of the podcast, and um, so that just it's a it's generated from a um, an idea that Mike had, I guess f- four, five, six, whatever years ago uh, on Tumblr to chronicle some of the uh, the goofiest 
uh, you know, uh, products, projects, uh, you know, student films, or whatever it is that ends up on Kickstarter.com or Indiegogo or, or you know, all of the, the numerous crowdfunding sites. Um, so we sort of turn a critical eye on those. And, and generally, I think the viewpoint of the podcast is that for the most part, these are, um, for the most part, they're scams or people who are totally unable to fulfill their promises. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's fun to watch those happen in real time. And even sometimes, you know, way after the fact, uh, this week on the show, we talked about uh, a Kickstarter that went on, that went live sometime in 2009. Um, so one of the cool things about the website is is they keep their archive up. Just I mean, it just sits there forever. Uh, it's totally available via search and all that. Uh, so something that happened almost 10 years ago looks identical to something that's happening right now, which is maybe a failure on their part. Uh, but for content purposes, is just a gold mine. So you know, <laughs> seeing somebody in New York City essentially crowdfund a book and then charging the people who contributed to the book in order to get a copy of the book that they contributed one page to in 2009. And also they didn't even ship the book. They just asked people to come up and like pick up the book at like some warehouse in New York city is such like a, a proto internet scam that like set the, set the stage for all of the great scams to come like holographic, fucking Bluetooth speaker or modern wallet or, or, or whatever it is that's on there now. So right. we just enjoy taking a look at those and, and, and having a, a good laugh. And I finally convinced Mike to uh, make it a podcast, which I, I think has been good because uh, we probably would have run out of stuff to say a long, long time ago. <laughs> I like, um, I like the way you describe it. Cause I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, there was the, was it the dude who did, uh, is like, webcomic stuff which is like a like kind of the unfortunate part of my brain that i still have knowledge of hmm. um it's just like i wish it would be erased but uh i think it was the guy who did uh pictures of sad children who had like the the kickstarter for his book and then it was too expensive to ship so he just had a video where he burned them all oh jesus uh, yeah <laughs> that that was a cool problem uh but like the uh I just I like the fact that you can kind of go back and experience those terrible moments of like when everyone online was upset about something. Um, I also like that the podcast deals with the the sort of like crummy Internet of Things uh, effect of the world because I was I was just going I have an Indiegogo up now and I was on the the front page of it um, and looking at the you know the the top projects and they were all like you know a sensor that can always tell when you're in a room and. It's like a, they had, I think they had that, the, uh, I think you guys were talking about like there was a toothbrush that like you put in your mouth and it like in 10 seconds brushed your teeth. I think that was up there and had, you know, gotten a hundred thousand dollars more than it had been asking for. It's just like this, people eat that up. I have no idea why, but they love it. It is weird. It's a, uh, you know, one of the things that Mike's like, that Mike likes to say a lot uh, to, to describe, uh, especially electronics. Uh, this is, this is really, uh, uh, pertinent to, to most of the electronic stuff that goes on there. It's um, it's uh, solutions in search of a problem. Um, <laughs> there are so many things that we come up with that are like, uh, oh gosh, uh, well here's this hundred dollar doodad, and the reason we're justifying it is is because it's like uh, one second of your day is like not amazing, um, and that's what this this that's what we're purporting to solve here. It's like, man, you need to start like the the other way around on this. Um, 
to, to figure out like, okay, what's the, what's the prop? I don't want to sound like a sales guy, but at a certain point you have to find the, the pain point for, uh, for what exactly is are people experiencing on a day to day basis and then solve the problem. But you know, then again, we're stupid. Cause like you said, they make a hundred thousand dollars or whatever for a fucking Bluetooth mouthpiece. And you know, like, so, so who's stupid now, you know? So I guess that's part of the thing is we're just tilting at these windmills all the time that we can't figure out there's no way to predict what would be good or what's going to be successful or what's not you know yeah for sure um well i'm glad you said that because it really gives us a chance to introduce our own product uh which is why i had you guys on the show today (laughs) (laughs) uh no no but um and actually weirdly uh it actually does kind of segue into me thinking about twitch because there's a there's a way where so you guys have a twitch stream now right we do we started it i think two weeks ago I know that I push the button and that's all I know how to do is I push the button and then hopefully it goes somewhere else. And then that's, that's basically the way I interact with it. But if there, if Stefan says there's a stream, then there is a stream. Yeah. There's like a website for it. And uh, what's the website? So we just get that. Oh, uh, well it's twitch.tv. Uh, and then it's a uh, slash a forward slash, uh, Stefan and Jesse. Easy. Um, yeah. and there's some history there already, right? Like Jesse, Jesse, uh, speed ran, has the speed run record for dark souls three. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the world record. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, and I didn't know Jesse was so I, like that day I was like, Hey, let's for the stream tonight, let's speed run something. Uh, just, just for kind of giggles. And Jesse was like, yeah, I'll do dark souls three. Like I, I, I'm really close to beating the record. Uh, and I thought he was just joshing at first. Um, but he just, uh, he obliterated it like by 20 minutes, I think. Wow. Yeah. I found it very simple to do. Um, I don't know if other people are having a problem doing it. As far as I know, it's been eclipsed 10 times over since we did the stream just because it's, it's such a trivial task, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun to do or whatever. Um, and I'll do it again. In fact, I'm doing it right now. I might record it. I might not, uh, to me, it's just no, no big deal. So. So did you, so Stefan, <laughs> did you, did you start this stream with Jesse because he's like, he's the ultimate gamer? I mean, is this like, is this like a natural situation? Is this like, did you, did you just find him on the street and, and they, you know, um, I think basically Jesse was like insulting me, uh, online for like no. several weeks. That's uh, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. I, I was as shocked as you are. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he kind of just like goaded me into into like starting a twitch stream with him i guess um <laughs> i think i would i would occasionally tweet about hearthstone or hearthstone however you say it and uh jesse would like make fun of me and be like oh that's that's like some nerd shit uh that's stupid uh you're a you're a bad person because you play that uh i hate you <laughs> i mean i could go on um, just be a ribbing yeah, like yeah the, yeah yeah stuff and then uh, like, yeah sure yeah exactly and then i i, I said to him i said you know what i'm gonna i'll how about we stream? I'll teach you how to play on stream. And he said, uh, that sounds like a disaster. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, uh, and then we ended up doing it and it was, uh, well, I don't know. How do you think it went, Jesse? Um, I'm having a hard time remembering what Hearthstone was like, uh, that, that first time. And, and the truth of it is, is I think it's because I actually have gone on to play it. Uh, I mean, I guess not often is not the right word maybe compared to, people who play it uh, with some regularity or competence, but 
I have played it several times after that, and my understanding has grown exponentially of it. You know, the first time I looked at that game, it was just like, I mean, it's just nonsense, like, looking at it. I don't, I don't know how anyone could make heads or tails of it just, you know, by picking it up. Um, and I was certainly not predisposed to understanding what, you know, a, a fucking, like, a murloc is or, or, or whatever uh, just by looking at it. I don't know that uh, intimately or inherently. So I had to do a lot of learning, and I've, I've had a little bit of memorization, and now I understand the mechanics a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that first time I don't think I took to it like a, like a fish to water or anything. Or like a, like a murloc to water. <laughs> I, I don't know. I still don't know what a murloc is, but I, okay. yeah, they're, they go in the water. So. Okay. It sounds like they're like water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse, I was going to ask Stefan, but I actually, I, I think I want to hear your your take on it. I actually have not played Hearthstone. I will, I will, I will cop to that. I'm, I'm one of the, I'm one of the unwashed masses who don't, uh, don't. I think don't it's, gain. it's the other way around. I think you're the, you're the <laughs> wash. <laughs> you, you guys have to stop washing. <laughs> Part of the deal. Uh, Jesse, could you describe what Hearthstone is? Uh, just like go through it, like bit by bit, explain all the mechanics and, and what the idea is uh, in, in your sure. own inimitable style. Yeah, I don't want to get too granular on you, um, but I will say my understanding is it is a, uh, so it's it's in the Blizzard world, uh, and, and by that I mean the World of Warcraft world, so it, it borrows some from, from that realm and from whatever their other games are, I don't know any of them, but uh, but they you all get Overwatch up. people in there, right? Is that am I? Or there's like yeah. sort of commonality I there. I, I haven't seen any of the Overwatch characters, but to me, the Overwatch characters are like a big panda guy, and then like a chick with big jugs. And there are chicks with jugs in this, but I think they're different chicks. So they're kind of close. Uh, there's pandas too, though. Oh, okay. oh, that's true. There are there is a panda. Is it the same panda? Do you know, Stephanie? It's a, I think it's a different panda. Okay. I think it was an ape in Overwatch. Yeah, it's a gorilla, not yeah, a panda. Yeah, that's right. Potato, potato. Uh, well, I know a lot of the differences between pandas and gorillas, and maybe we can talk about that later. Yeah, but, uh, um, those next, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so it exists in that world. Uh, it borrows characters from there, um, and it is a free-to-play game, but it is sort of like uh, what I understand mobile games to be like, uh, which I'm sure both of you have more experience with than I do, because the totality of my experience on mobile games uh, would be like uh, the, the Super Mario Run, uh, which I thought was pretty cool there for a little while. Um, and it's uh, so it's free to play, but you can certainly uh, buy your way into competence uh, with Hearthstone by buying additional packs and all this kind of stuff. Um, so once you're in that ecosystem, you're you're upgrading things and um, you're you're fleshing out your characters, and so it has some RPG elements as well. Um, and then it's uh, at its core, it's a head-to-head game. You've, you've got your deck, and you've uh, you're playing against uh, somebody else one-on-one. It's a Magic: The Gathering style, which is another game I've never played before. Um, with all but kinds now you of know. <laughs> now I know now I I get the gist of it, and I see, I see the appeal for sure. Um, it's just um, you know I'm the kind of person who I like the part of it where you sit down. Uh, and you play, and it's like five, ten minutes, and you get up and go do something else. That I really like. Uh, what I don't like is uh, is knowing that the guy across from me, in a lot of time, a lot of cases, um, has memorized, you know, the uh, all of the way that the cards interact with each other, has built the strategy in his deck in a way that's going to compound its efficiency and power or whatever in the optimal way. You know, so once I run up against that, I'm going to get bored and then stop. Um, but for now, it's it's fun to to goof off and play against people who are you know equally as bad as I am. So that's what I'm enjoying about it right now. All right, 
Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's something I've actually been coming up against myself. Um, not so much in, in free-to-play games, although there too, like I can't... I've tried to play... Um, and Stefan, you might know a little bit more about this, unless unless uh, Jesse, you're a real uh, a real big uh, League of Legends head or or Dota two head. Um, you know, maybe you are. Maybe you like really love uh, MOBAs or or games like that. You've got um, me dead to rights once again. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stefan, you might have run up against this a little bit too, where like there's this uh, this thing people call like the meta game, where. Yeah. Y- you can, you know, before you start playing a game or as you start playing a game, whenever you kind of feel like getting good at it, um, which is, I'll, you know, also confess, I've, I've never gotten good enough at a game to actually, uh, you know, a competitive game like this to use the meta game. You can read like, you know, a 200 page Wikipedia article or a wiki on it um, to learn all the ins and outs. Um, and that, that, that feels super frustrating to me uh, on a certain level, uh, just because it is like, as Jesse says, um, and maybe you can give us some thoughts on this stuff and like, it feels like you're kind of playing from behind. Yeah, like I can't imagine trying to get into Hearthstone now. Um, there's been like, I don't know how many expansions, 10, 12. Um, I've been playing since like 2014. Okay. Um, and so, I've, I mean, I've put some money into it. Like I do the, the pack pre-orders when the expansions come out. Um, but there's people who put like thousands of dollars into the game and... Uh, we'll just have every card in the game, but I mean, it, wow. you can you can make the meta decks. Um, you know, you don't have to put too much money in uh, to to get those cards necessarily. But it is it's a steep learning curve because they start you out with, and I'm sure other games are like this, where they just start you out with kind of the most basic uh, cards possible to sure. help you understand the game, and you're going up against guys who have cards that will like replace your hero with like a demon that has like a sword that does damage and it changes his hero power and i'm sure jesse's run into stuff like this where uh the only thing jesse has to play against that ridiculous card is like a like a small dinosaur and it like doesn't really do anything (laughs) a tiny Um, baby yeah so it's like i can't it's it's not that it's it's a steep learning curve it's just so unfair uh, to to be matched up against someone who's been playing the game for three years and has all the cards, mm. um, and that's kind of what happened tonight when Jesse played Kurt Schilling. Oh yeah, so uh, you know I was going to ask you guys about uh, how much this was like a like a spectator sport, and I think uh, Stefan, you just you just like walked me walked me right into this. So uh, either one of you, I'd love I'd love to hear either Jesse your player's perspective of playing against uh, Hall of Very Good. Uh, pitcher Kurt Schilling uh, and, or Stefan, uh, your your uh, your sort of like thirty thousand foot view because you know what an honor to to play against a professional uh, dirtbag and awful person. <laughs> yeah, Stefan is sort of the puppet master, um, and I don't, I don't know, Stefan, did he did he add you? Did you play him as well? I I, no, I checked I, out after he put my ass. No, I just gave him uh, your gamer tag. Um, I was watching both streams. Yeah, so Jesse has him on his friends list now. So uh, what that means is, like, whenever Jesse and I stream and Kurt Schilling's online, we can just, like, challenge him and we can, like, harass him now. Can you Uh, talk with him? Like, can you... There's no chat, right? No, there is, though. I think think, um, Blizzard has, like, a chat app or something. You can, can, like, type at him. But judging by his stream tonight, he's very um, ban happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah, sure. He was just banning people for saying the word come. 
Uh, but he did say that the 14 words were allowed on his stream, so he explicitly said that. Yeah, as long as as long as it's not just come 14 times. <laughs> uh, I was watching Jesse's stream and Kurt's stream at the same time, um, which got a little confusing. But uh, I think I didn't realize this. Like, I mean, I knew Kurt was big into video games because he has like that bankrupt uh, Rhode Island game company. Right. Uh, um, but he's like really big into Hearthstone. Like he knew. He knew how to play. He knew all the terminology. Um, he's probably been playing since it first came out. So I didn't really... Re- I thought it was going to be like a casual thing. So I kind of... I, I put Jesse into like the lion's den, so to speak. And I, I do feel bad about that. I think it was pretty clear that he understood very well what he was doing and uh, and had a had access to a, a wide uh, breadth of knowledge and, and cards that I, I can only begin to uh, guess at. But... Uh, as I said, uh, I think I was doing this probably pretty close to half drunk and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and picked the, the thing I've been doing lately, uh, which is a priest deck, uh, that I use to conquer one specific, uh, part of the, uh, uh, Stefan, what's the most recent, um, expansion that they did? Oh, the Knights of the Frozen Throne. Yeah. And I knew you'd have that right on the tip of your tongue. Uh, you were just waiting to say that the whole yeah. time. <laughs> Uh, but there's one specific challenge they have where uh, they bring out this card that has like zero hit points and eight health, but uh, at, at the beginning of every round it deals 15 damage to your hero, which cool. is uh, halfway to lethal. Um, so you have to uh, wor- work with a deck that has a lot of spells that can minimize that and maybe reverse some of that damage. So I had one specific deck for dealing with that, and uh, I just I picked it because um, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I just grabbed that and played Kurt Chilling, and uh, I guess he has just sort of like a generalized deck that can uh, defeat the average person who has spent zero dollars on the game <laughs> in approximately 3.5 to 4.5 turns. So he he uh, you know, was getting kind of mad at you at some points uh, because I think I don't he, doubt that he thought you were like uh, screwing with him, like some of the some of the plays you were making. You were just like tempting um, him, like playing with him. That makes yeah. sense. He was like, why did he make that? Like, that's a terrible play unless he has, like, these three other cards in his hand. And I was looking at Jesse's hand, and he did not have those three <laughs> other cards in his hand. <laughs> but, see, that must be, like, uh, I wonder, I mean, not not to be sympathetic to Kurt Chilling, because contrary to what I was saying on the stream, I am aware that he does, I mean, uh, he, at the very least, he has some uh, suboptimal politics. Oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> I don't know if my listeners have heard about this. Uh, <laughs> so he he seems to be sort of a uh, generalized bastard. Um, so I, I don't want to sound like I'm his best friend or anything. Um, but uh, but uh, and I forgot what what I was saying. But anyways, Kurt Schilling is hot, and I love him, and I'm gonna marry him. So um, <laughs> wherever I was going with that, I'm sure that's where I was gonna end up. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, Kurt Schilling's like a. You know, I'm a. Uh, so to sort of branch briefly into sports, I'm a. I'm a Phillies fan. So we we have a. Well, it was more complicated before he sort of became a. A ridiculous person. Um, right. I mean, he was always somewhat of a strange guy, but like I guess like. But he was your last, strange guy. Yeah, he was a he was a dude. Well, even then, like he was a baseball strange. Like he there was the game in '93 uh, where he put like a, a towel over his head while the Phillies lost the World Series, or he had the bloody sock or whatever. Um, but then he like you know now he's into the 14 words, and I don't think a lot of people have a lot of 
patience for that. And he's but, on like Periscope every single day doing yeah, like a six-hour stream. And like he's, I think he just sits at home all day and streams. Which the real Mike sort of. I'm kind of jealous of him, uh, to be honest. But oh, that's okay. That's what it was. I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, like uh, imagine how the world looks to somebody like that who is, <laughs> right. you know, so hyper competitive that he 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 has to see everything through that lens, right? Oh, for like, sure. He can't he can't just get on Hearthstone and be like la di da di da, you know. I mean, he has to be he has to be out there with that mindset of like, well, if they ever have a Hall of Fame, I'm going to get in it. Um, and it right. just must be torture. Like, how does he ever have a, a nice time? And I guess he's, that explains his worldview. Someone tricked him into uh, alt f fouring as well in the middle <laughs> of the stream, which no. is pretty funny. That's good. That's such a good. That's such a good like uh, 1998 trick. I remember being tricked into that playing uh, Starcraft or Diablo or something like that. <laughs> like you could just get a cheat if you hit all f four. Like, I can't right. believe that worked in in 2017. Like that's got to be the the first time that has worked all year. That's shocking. I thought I thought that was like lost to the ages. That was like one of those you know if you hold your hand up to your face you have and it's bigger than your face you have cancer bits. That would work on Kurt Schilling too. I think we'll try that on the stream next time. Yeah, no, at a certain point, the Alt F4 bit is on Microsoft, right? Like like at a certain point, if they haven't figured out how to protect us from ourselves, like it's their fault now. Right. Well, it might be Microsoft's bit. Yeah. Historically. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, Kurt Schilling, this actually keys into something that I wanted to talk with you guys about, because Kurt Schilling's been kind of on the bleeding edge of, I don't know, playing fractious video games with other people uh, for years. I think like he started, or so the story goes, he started with uh, EverQuest and would like actually bring it into, he, he was friends with, um, oh boy, I'm forgetting. Uh, uh, it's not super important. I'll, I'll try and figure out who the player was. Uh, Doug, Doug something. Um, embarrassed that I'm forgetting. Uh, but they were both kind of just like super into it. And they'd, you know, talk about it during uh, whenever they'd play each other or whenever they were on the same team. And they'd talk with like the few players in the clubhouse who were sympathetic. But, you know, EverQuest, World of Warcraft, all these, as Jesse says, like hyper competitive, um, you know, obsessive games, even while he was an MLB pitcher. So, like, now it's no surprise that he just finds whatever game he needs to to get his uh, his outlet out with and just plays it for whatever, like eight hours a day. Um, and like a game like Hearthstone too, like there's a lot of um, RNG. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's a lot of randomness and like it gets, it can get really frustrating too. So I'm sure he must just get really pissed off at whenever he's playing because I do and I'm not a <laughs> former major league baseball player. Wait, wait, so, no, what? You aren't aren't a former baser really baser? I'm player. not. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to change the description of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> gonna have to edit that. Make a note. Um, no, I mean Jesse's Jesse's attitude seems to be the best one for this, which I mean probably isn't what Twitch streamers generally want to see. Um, although I don't really know what Twitch streamers want to see, and maybe you know we can sort of obliquely get around to that. But it seems like it seems like. Kurt's attitude of like wanting to win, trying to figure out what he's up, what Jesse's up to, like you know, reading three moves ahead, um, is what people want to see. Whereas Jesse's attitude seems to be the one that actually would keep you playing Hearthstone longer. Yeah, like I, it was, it was kind of funny watching both their streams at once because, like you said, Kurt's like, what, what is he doing here? Like, what's, what's his strategy? Like, he's, is he good at this game? Like, is he trying to fuck with me? And Jesse's just like, oh, I guess I'm gonna, I'll, pr I'll press this button now, see what happens. 
the, the only strategy I have with this game, I'll be forthcoming, is that uh, I like, to, uh, and this is one thing, I mean, this is, it's at least rooted in uh, strategy somewhat, which is that I don't like to have mana left over at the end of the thing. So if I can, if I, if in one round I can make a move that expends 100% of the mana that I have on that turn, that to me feels very efficient. Mm. Um, and I will deal with some level of suboptimal like uh, play or strategy if I feel like I'm not wasting the mana I have in a given turn. So it's with, with that in mind that I sort of like, you know, okay, I've got five mana, uh, and I've got a, a good play that requires four mana, but it'll leave me with one left over. Or I've got a decent one that's three and two, and I'll just do the three and two because it's like, well, you know, I don't <laughs> want to be like, like I don't have OCD or anything, but it just seems to me like a better use of, of the one thing that I have to measure what's going on. There's no timer or anything, you know? So, th so that's what I'm going with is like I'm trying to figure out uh, what adds up to a nice round number and mm. that's pretty much the only strategy I employ <laughs> when playing the extremely strategic game of Hearthstone. Stefan, is that a I good mean, strategy? I, I, it's, it's generally, it's a good rule of thumb. You want to like play on curve, so you want to kind of use up as much mana as possible. But you said something interesting there, Jesse, which is uh, you'll, you'll play the decent play over the good play if the decent play uses all your mana. Uh, but you, you, you should play the good play. In, in that case. Uh, not that I think the, the, the Kurt Schilling matchup, it wouldn't have made a difference there, but... Uh, <laughs> you don't think he was ready? You don't think he got to beat Kurt regardless? I think maybe maybe the next time uh, we play him, uh, maybe we'll use my account and Jesse okay. can play on my account. That'll be like Rocky uh, Two. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe uh, Jesse can buy like 600 packs, uh, put like a couple, uh, a few hundred dollars into the game. And uh, and and build some ridiculous decks. Yeah, that famous thing I have extra of a few hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'll get right. But you know, I wanted to say one other thing about about proficiency in games, um, and this is something that I have that has plagued me since forever, uh, which is uh, like Trevor was pointing out, or, or Stefan, both of you. Uh, you know, uh, Kurt is thinking about the game two and three and four turns ahead, and he's plaguing himself with, uh, oh, God, I got to play this so I can play this or whatever. Like, that's the point at which the game and the competition ceases to be fun for me. Mm -hmm. um, right. So I've, I've, said, I've shared this with my wife, and she thinks it's weird. Uh, but but this is this is totally true. This is how I approach everything is, like, once you get good enough at a game, uh, anything below your acceptable standards uh, like adversely affects your experience of it to such a degree that it's like for me I would just give up so the example I always use is bowling right like bowling is fun for us like you go and eat some shitty food um, and you have a couple of beers and you you roll the ball and you get what what do you get like a hundred maybe um, yeah, like, like, yeah. If you're playing on your kids' lane, right, Trevor, you get the the bumpers go up, and you get oh, yeah. 150, and that's yeah, fun. Just, yeah, hit it right on the bumper at that point. Right, just let, go. <laughs> let it fly. But like a professional bowler or someone who does it every week in a in an amateur league or whatever, they go out and they get 190, and it's like devastating. 
Like <laughs> they, they feel like they ruined their weekend because they know they're capable of so much more. And at, with bowling, the way it's scored, uh, which is frankly like black magic to me, it, I, it could be anything. I have no idea how it works. It's real crazy. But at, a cer- at a certain point, you know, like, okay, this is, I'm wasting my time because the score is not going to be good and I'm not having fun on top of that. So like I try to avoid that level of proficiency where I'm constantly grading myself against what I think I should be doing. Um, because at that point it's no longer like a fun diversion for me anymore. Mm. So, so when Stefan is like, Oh, you'll learn or like, you'll get these cards or whatever. I'm like, I mean, not only will I not, cause I'll never <laughs> devote the <laughs> mental energy to doing it. I don't know that I would want to because then I'm constantly criticizing my own play uh, and it's uh, then I just can't boot it up and goof off anymore because I'm like trying yeah. to work towards some but I, I, goal. I, I, I will say this, Jesse, um, you can you can goof off uh, like you can put money into the game and get stupid cards like they have expensive but stupid cards and you can make <laughs> stupid decks that don't they'll win one every like one of every 10 games. Um, yeah. But it's really fun when you do get that win. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's a lot of decks that I have where it's it's not competitive. It's it's a very, very <laughs> stupid way to win the game. Like, there's there's mill decks, which is where you're trying to get the other, uh, the person you're playing to draw their entire deck and go into fatigue and, and, like, destroy all their cards that way. And, like, it rarely <laughs> works. But when it does work, it's so much fun because they can't do anything about it and you're just destroying their entire deck. Um, so there is, I think there's some aspects of the game that you might like. Um, it can be a very goofy game. Like the competitive aspect of it, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I've been playing Arena mostly, and I think, Jesse, you've played Arena a couple times, uh, which is where you draft a deck. They give you 30 picks, uh, and, and, you, and you have to draft like a custom deck. Um, and that, that's kind of nice because there's a bit more variety there. Right. Um, but uh, the competitive, I, I I get what Jesse's saying about uh, about taking it too seriously. I mean, I feel that way about about Overwatch, which is the the Blizzard game. I mean, my my feigned ignorance aside, like that's the Blizzard game I've played most of, uh, probably, well, certainly in the last few years, but maybe ever. Um, and in that, like, I, even there, I've I've put I don't I don't know, probably not that many hours in, but I still like to just play quick play and like just enjoy myself in that, which is the arena, kind of the the sort of like yeah. equivalent to arena. Because um, the few times I've played competitive, it's just like going to Jesse's point too. It's it's just like everyone's too good, and I'm good enough at the game to know when I'm not doing well at it that it just stops being fun. Like the the level the point at which I'm just like oh I just like I'm not competing well enough. I'd have to you know sit down for twenty hours and grind to figure out how to play this character right in order to compete at this level and not have people make fun of me um it's like man that just doesn't sound fun at all yeah it's it's you, you play video games to have fun like i think there's a very very small subset of people that are super competitive and very good at, at video games like i just like doing it uh like me and jesse would play uh we played grand theft auto 5 a lot earlier this year together mm. uh which was very fun but there's people there's like teenagers who you know, uh, they're, they're, they, they get like the shark cards and they can, they have like fighter jets and <laughs> they'll, they'll just kill you instantly. And me and Jesse are like trying to break into a Hummer and drive it into the ocean. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, yeah, like, it's like two games in one almost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think people watch, uh, I, I, I want to get, I want to get 
Jesse's take on this. Do, do you think people watch Twitch streams? And and let me let me be frank. I've said this before on this very podcast, maybe five minutes ago, but I want to say it again because I can't emphasize it enough. I have no idea why people enjoy Twitch. Um, I have my own Twitch. I run it sometimes. I think it's pretty bad. Uh, I played. A, I'm doing a thing where I'm trying to get. Or basically, I'm I'm gonna be the the Jesse of uh, of fighting games in this in this analogy, uh, where I'll play fighting games enough that well I don't even have to get competitive. I'll just play fighting games to a point where I'm satisfied, um, and then I'm going to Evo this year to to kind of write about it and write about the people playing there, which is the yearly fighting game tournament, mm-hmm. um, where I'm just gonna get completely destroyed uh, probably <laughs> in the very first round I play. Uh, but I twitch I twitch streamed me learning how to play Street Fighter V, and it was humiliating, uh, really bad to watch. Uh, and I had more people watching that than you know when I was playing a game that I was good at. So I truly have no idea what people are tuning in for. Uh, that's no dig against your stream. Um, I find your stream funnier because you're telling jokes uh, and more enjoyable because there's like kind of a, a meta joke there. Uh, but why do you think people actually? tune into this because it's 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 enormously popular i mean i watch i watch some hearthstone streams um and i'll usually just kind of like have it on in the background if i'm like cooking or something oh, okay. or like before i go to bed so it's almost like a, a white noise thing sort of um it'll that just be and and it's it's people who are generally like very good at the game too um so and and some like they're not necessarily the most entertaining people but they play so much that uh, something entertaining will happen on their stream, like within the game. Um, if Jesse, I don't think would enjoy watching Hearthstone streams, but if you play, I've been playing for three years, so I I, I do. Um, mm-hmm. I think I like I don't know. I mean, part of it is to me, it's just background noise. I would say it's it, like having highlights on or something. Yeah, exactly. That's that's probably that's why I like it. But then you get people who like actually go into the chat. And you know, try and get the streamer's attention, and and like, <laughs> it's which is just insane to me. But uh, so you're yeah. not tipping them and stuff. You're not. Uh, you're not. Like, I, I'm not. I mean, people people who have been tipping me and Jesse, which is very surreal. Uh, I enjoy it, but um, I think also with ours, it's not like huge, and and we can kind of like talk to individual people in the chat room. Whereas mm-hmm. with people who have like twenty thousand viewers, and the chat is just streaming by like uh, like the green text in the matrix, like I don't know mm-hmm. how you read that at all, um, and I don't know why you even enter something in that chat. Like, what's what's the point? So there's a lot of Twitch streaming and and game streaming that I, a lot of aspects of it that I don't understand at all. Uh, for me, it's just kind of like I don't know if soothing is the right word, but I'll just have it on in the background. Yeah, it's sort of like a nothing thing in the background. Like it's yeah. like it's like how people have Sports Center running in the background yeah. here for like you could they'll have it on from like three. Uh, uh, I'm thinking like a car wash or, or an auto center sometimes have it yeah, on. Yeah, ex- exactly. You could watch it like eight times in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's interesting because I, I you know I, maybe my mistake with Twitch is is just jumping in. Uh, my my main Twitch memory was I watched a Dark Souls three. Um, Twitch. It wasn't. It wasn't Jesse's legendary one, which of course everyone understands why that's good. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was this one where this is. It was a woman, and I think I think her boyfriend, um, and they were playing Dark Souls three. And I guess the deal was, if they beat this boss, she like 
I, I forget. It was like she'd like do anal or something. It was like some sort of sex thing. Um, you know, one Jesse, of those... we should uh, we should be taking notes here. Yeah, this, this brought in the scribbling. <laughs> just like, uh, and I'm pretty sure people are like are are watching the interactions between you guys, just wondering where it's going to go. Well, they won't they? Um, yeah, for sure. That's the big underlying theme. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like so. Of course, the the gameplay was whatever. Like it was just okay. They I think they beat the boss. Um, but mostly the chat was just people like constantly getting you know more worked up about whether or not these two would like go at it afterwards um and then it's not obviously happening it's a video game it's like dark souls 3 it's not a live shot of their living room um so i had no idea why people were watching it was really confusing to me people just kept giving money and getting like increasingly more excited and i was like this is a world that i i just don't follow i don't understand that at all I think it's a very young subculture too. I would say. Well, I think that's the thing, and in which I mean, Stefan is younger than we are, Trevor. So I mean, <laughs> the fact that that it has seeped in a little bit to you know his his like media experience. Um, you know, you you pointed to uh, uh, to Sports Center as being like sort of your litmus for background white noise content. Um, and that just seems like positively ancient by today's standards. <laughs> it, it is. It's it, kind of sad. And, and I haven't watched it in years even, and I, I'm right there with you, like expecting to see it on uh, in various places. And of course, now where I live, it's Fox News. That's the white noise in the background everywhere. Well, um, good. Uh, I'll yeah. say it's white noise, Jesse. <laughs> I don't know if we can get political here. But. Oh boy, no, no, yeah, you can, you could totally get political here. Okay. And um, this, this is a real, this is a right wing uh, podcast. And uh, you're right, it is white yeah. noise, and it's right noise. <laughs> our, uh, our stream is the official stream of the alt right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why it's a, yeah, I know. <laughs> follow, yep. follow Jesse and Stefan at twitch.tv backslash Pepe fourteen eighty eight. Yep, that's right. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it that makes sense. Like even news in the background or whatever, like you can go into places it's Fox News and CNN. It's just nothing noise. Um, but you're right. No one's kids or teens or whatever, like twenty people in their twenties aren't putting on like I don't know, like sitcoms in the background while they do papers at night or like cook or whatever. Um, it's this. Yeah, or it's or it's YouTube, right? Which is like right. the same. It's the same shit, different different channel or whatever the fuck. So I, I don't know. You know, it, it, streaming. Explain to me a long time ago when I, uh, when I thought of it as being, you know, PewDiePie. I think, which is probably like maybe most adults' mainstream interaction or or first experience with what streaming would be or live streaming, even in general. Yeah, I'm guilty. Um, of yeah, I mean, it, it's it's totally insane. Like, it's, it's not relatable at all to imagine um, somebody watching this, um, like, very obviously manufactured and and still not interesting uh, character um, play a game or just hoot and holler or whatever. For, I mean, for hours on end, you know, 10 minutes is one thing, but, like, just for... Just like for all day long doing this is is puzzling to think about. But if someone or I read somewhere or something, the explanation was like, well, look, um, a lot of these people are watching game A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever. And, you know, you think about that with today's um, hardware demands. If someone wants to play all these on PC with their friends or on PlayStation or whatever, I mean, it could be an investment of hundreds of dollars. Um, and... 
and that made sense to me a little mm-hmm. bit, especially, you know, and, and maybe towards the advent of games like Hearthstone or whatever, where sure it's free to play, but to achieve some level of, of competence, you know, n- not to speak of notoriety would be an even further investment of time and money. Right. Um, and so it was sort of this proxy to experience games or success that you otherwise wouldn't be able to enjoy. And that made like perfect sense to me. Um, watching somebody be the best ever at, you know, call of duty or, or whatever it is to me is understandable. It's not something I would do on my own time, but I at least get it. Um, but now obviously it's not just that, right? Like it's idiots like me playing a game. I don't know what I'm doing. Or it's, you know, anything in between. And that's what I don't get is, is like Stefan says, is it, it, it can't all be background noise. Like people must be pulling this up on their phone when they're on the bus or something. And that's, I can't even, I can't even crack that code at all. Yeah. There's something about like, I, I, I know that, you know, part of it makes sense to me in terms of, and especially the way Stefan described it as background noise, part of that makes sense to me in terms of, um, podcasts like uh you know i'll put on a podcast if it, it depends on what kind of podcast it is uh so like this isn't this isn't meant to be a slight uh but but either uh yks or um rgs like i can put that on as background noise while i'm like cooking or driving or something like or doing chores or whatever because it makes me laugh uh but if i miss a thing here or there it's not going to be the end of the world it's not like i'm uh it, it's not like i when i tried to listen to audiobooks all the time when i did that and yeah. oh yeah you constantly you, reminding you, you skip five seconds of an audiobook and you're lost. Right, exactly. Uh, whereas in a podcast, you can, you know, if you miss something someone says, like maybe you missed a joke or something, but you don't have to rewind 15 seconds. Yeah, every you time. can just assume it was about uh, like jacking off into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I think like 95%, that's that's usually yeah. it. It's still, it's still funny after all this time. <laughs> but um, I was actually, uh, there, was a, there was a bit that um, I think I think it was on your show, Jesse, uh, it was one of the, one of you two was talking about Louis C.K. and how he and how like he played into the old uh, the old funny voice stereotype that was mm-hmm. big in the uh, in the '90s for whatever reason. Um, and like my main memory of Louis C.K. is a uh, is it's not funny voice, but it's like sort of sort of that way where he talks about having to to go jerk off in the in the boiler room, um, and like the joke is he looks like a like a cragged like witch of a person. Um, <laughs> Right. So like, like but a hunchback. Like, it's just funny how how much uh, how much the classics stay around, even though even as even as often as we as we change. Um, you think about jacking off probably. Stefan, how often do you think about jacking off? Like four hundred times a day. How often do I do it, or how often do I think about it? <laughs> I'm assuming they're different numbers, but if they're not, I guess you can just when give I one. when I work from home <laughs> when I work from home they were, they were the same number. Uh, and now that I work in an office, they're they're different numbers. Was it like I understand? Was it asymptotic when you worked from home? Did it just like constantly get <laughs> towards X or something? It was more like uh, like I would be taking work breaks from jacking off and <laughs> jacking off from working. It's like so. it's like you were you were you were like you were doing your passion um, while at work, really following that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, That's and good. now you can't you can't jerk off at work you're not allowed like at an office you can't do that so you're not supposed to talk about it <laughs> yeah that sounds right it's yeah. it's really it's, it's really looked out on to kind of bring it up to the to your coworkers. 
Yeah, you can't yeah. say you can't be like, "Hey guys, I'll be right back. I gotta go jack off in the bathroom." But you can <laughs> just say, "Hey guys, I'll be right back." Hmm. Interesting. I like. And I like. That's you can a... just do it anyway. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I'm interested. Also, um, I got like I got a couple more questions, and then you guys can go in any direction you want. But the Jesse, something you said really really struck me, which is that we're older than Stefan. Um. Which just you know sticks in my craw. How? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I don't, well, I don't think you're that. I'm I'm 28. I don't know how. Well, old. Okay, you're not that much younger than I'm 32. Okay. Uh, Jesse's 47, so that's yeah, right. A little different. That's right. Um, but uh, no, you're you're probably about my age, right? Uh, yes. This year I'll be turning 30. Okay. Um, so you're a little younger. I, but mentally, I age us both up like seven or eight years for having kids. kids. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that, so. that, that makes you really old. Yeah, um, it does. But the, uh, you know, what's interesting to me, we all kind of experienced then this, maybe, maybe it's a different question then, because all three of us probably ran into video games initially the same way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the by way of consoles or by way of like maybe a computer you had in your house or whatever, where the idea was like, okay, most of this is solitary. There might be multiplayer games or whatever, but a lot of it's like inviting your friends over or, you know, I was at one land party, so I won't say land parties, but like maybe, maybe you guys did. Uh, but just like, you know, like maybe uh, the main thing I can think of in terms of friends in video games is like playing gold and I with a bunch of people. Um, and like that's a real model for it, where, where that doesn't make any sense today. Um, so I don't know if you guys are more familiar, or like Stefan, you're more familiar with today's model than that older model of like I have a I like I have an N64 at my house. We'll have to go over to my place. Um, like which of those models sort of makes more sense to you, or, or is sort of like more reminiscent to you as like gaming? I I miss the the couch multiplayer thing. Like mm. I I I grew up with that as well, and it was it's just so much fun. Like you'd have You'd be, you know, like 12 years old. You'd have a, a sleepover on a Friday night after school and you just play N64 for like eight hours. You'd right. play Smash Bros. or something or Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. Smash uh, Bros. is a great one. Yeah. yeah. And like you, it, you, can, you can't do that anymore specifically. Um, but whenever a game comes out and, and in the review, they're like, this is a great couch multiplayer game. I'll generally get that game because mm. playing multiplayer with people in the room is still so much fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesse? Jesse, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was jacking off. Um, oh. <laughs> yes, uh, same. Um, uh, my most treasured experiences are are, are doing that, um, and then maybe a little bit later, playing on you know Xbox 360 in the early days of like uh, when it was still novel to me to say things on Xbox Live like public chat uh, that were not true or or just like to goof off or uh, troll people or annoy them. Like in very mild ways, not what would be considered trolling by today's standards, which, as I understand it, is like sending the cops to your house so they kill you. But, <laughs> but just like saying, uh, like I, I like uh, when Steph and I were playing the other night, he he was saying I drink pee all the time, uh, and that's probably like about the level of stuff that we used to do uh, in those days. Um, real deadspin comments level. Real deadspin comments level. Yeah, a little bit different than like. Um, than like uh, somebody going outside your house and flying a drone uh, with C4 taped to it down your chimney and, and blowing up your kid's bedroom, which I, I like I said, I think is trolling in 2017. Um, but back in those days, it was a little bit different. That's called but, that's called droning. 
Okay, okay. it's called Drive. Okay, yeah, they all have names. It's I'll go problem. on Urban Dictionary after this, and we maybe Trevor can clean this up in post. But yeah, uh, yeah, for me that was. I mean, for me, for the most part, games were a solitary experience. Um, you know, I would goof off with the Nintendo at home, and uh, and maybe this speaks to why I'm so bad at games today. Is I would do the same thing just like over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I know like I know now how I was supposed to play Metal Gear Solid. Uh, and people like grew up with that series and appreciate it for all its artistic merit and all the stuff that I'm totally sure it has. But I can remember playing like the first level of the first Metal Gear Solid game on PlayStation. Um, and don't kill me if it's not the first one. I don't know what the fuck, but the second one, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Um, and, uh, and playing that game, like I thought it was meant to be played, which was like a first person shooter, like coming out of the thing and like just guns blazing and it never working because that's not the way those games work right <laughs> um but just never advancing past the first level and uh eventually getting tired of it and moving on but for the most part just like uh just running my head into that wall over and over and over again by myself <laughs> so yeah I'm just, I'm just picturing you trying to play metal gear solid like serious sam or something <laughs> that's probably exactly how i was playing it at that time That's because great. i had because my all the other games i played were like uh like Bomberman or something where it's just like <laughs> frenetic like just moving around the screen whatever so um you know stefan you and i were talking about like uh, or, or in the chat we were talking about batman and stuff uh arkham city games which mm-hmm. are like again like modern i think standouts right like for as far as popular mainstream games goes based on like uh, cool intellectual properties yeah people seem to really uh, like them yeah but for me it's like uh it's like i'm watching half a movie <laughs> you know like i just want to kick somebody in the face and go to bed and like i don't i don't have patience to hear the pathos of the voice actor they hired to play batman uh in this game for like five thousand dollars or whatever i just, I just want to kick somebody in the face and throw a boomerang at a building and then it falls down and I fall down and die and then I can just cut it off like that. I don't know. <laughs> I I guess I just don't ask for very much from video games, but they ask a lot of me, it seems like now. Well, there's a funny way that where like you're, you're kind of indie video games is client at this point. Like there's a, there's a whole like movement of, of more like low res gaming or like gaming that sort of simulates that low res feeling of just being able to to die and repeat a million times or do whatever you want and then like end the game after 10 minutes or two hours or whatever you want uh there's a game i've been playing called dead cells that's like this where um it's a it's just a 2d platformer basically uh it's fun it reminds me a lot of like uh the old ninja gaiden games or something not the not the hard ones on xbox but like the ones before that um side scroller ones yeah exactly um and it's fun like it's it's a great game uh you know it's kind of it, it's in some ways uh to sort of go back to it it's, it's in some ways sort of like 2d dark souls uh, in terms of difficulty and lore and stuff like that but when you die you just get sent back to the beginning you had to do it again um and it's sort of built like to to go back to what uh or to go back to the kind of game that you were talking about jesse where like you could stop immediately and it's over it's not like having to okay i'm gonna play batman i need at least like two and a half hours to to plunk into this in order to make any serious progress Um, yeah like what do you do if your kid needs you and you're in the middle of a a mission where you've you've got to go like gotta ignore uh, that kid yeah well there you go (laughs) (laughs) no no you're right i mean like the the 
the advent of kids is, is like, you know, it's not something I bring up on the podcast too much, but it's true. Like the advent of kids basically means you can't, you can't play those games like you used to. You can't be like, well, I'm going to sit down and play this for seven hours and uh, then I'm going to, you know, go to bed and then make really serious progress. It's like, who knows when they're going to need you? Who knows what's going to well, happen? Well, also with, with online games too, because you can't like pause in the middle of a oh, right, online yeah. right. game. Yep. That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just like it. There's a there's a level of I don't know. This is gonna make me sound too old, uh, but there's a level of always onness about video games today that is a little um, alienating, I guess, or like foreign to me. Where like it, this is what I always find hard in, in Twitch streams is that, um, and I found it easier when I was playing Street Fighter because like I could just talk over what was repetitive movement. But like, if there's a story and stuff, I find myself stopping to see what's happening in the story, and that's not what people do on Twitch streams. <laughs> like, it'll just be basically me playing a video game in silence after a while. Um, whereas what you're supposed to be doing is talking and responding to everything that's happening, and like, you know, never stopping, never sort of like pausing at any point. And that's just like it. It's a kind of freneticism that just doesn't make any sense for me with uh, with video games. It would be like going. It'd be like if you were a movie critic and you had to write your review while you watched the movie in the dark. <laughs> like, why That's would not, anyone do I that? Thought, you know. I'll. I did think they used to do that for the longest time. I thought they. Would <laughs> it's like the the Simpsons. Uh, you know, animators rarely produce it, or uh, cartoons are rarely produced live. It's a great screen in the animators' wrists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't understand that either. Um, and maybe it's just because. So, so you can, you can try to like figure out, okay, why are people so good at talking off the cuff like that? Like, are they good improvisers or have they played these games before or does it ultimately not matter what they're saying because they, uh, because they're not saying anything substantive, um, or because just nobody gives a shit about anything they're saying. Like they're there for something else other than what they're saying, which, mm. uh, if you think about that too long, it'll really piss you off. So don't <laughs> think about it for too long because there's no way to emulate it. So... <laughs> I've been thinking about it for about six months, so uh, I don't know if that's long <laughs> enough. Yeah, it's I I I go back because like I you know not to not to fluff your egos too much. Uh, you know, I already invited you on the show, so you should know that I I have some high 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 uh, opinions. But the I I find both of your like Twitter accounts and various like things you do very funny. Like I think you're both funny guys. Um, Thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. Uh, but the um, you know your, your styles of humor are different whereas like so like jesse when i was watching the stream of you it totally made sense to me how it worked because it reminded me a little bit of uh those old this week's and jokes these week and jokes you used to make where like mm-hmm. half of the joke was that you were feeling really uncomfortable and not to dissect jokes which is everyone's actual favorite thing to do and i have a whole other <laughs> podcast about that because everyone loves it so much but uh right uh p- part of that like the funny part of that to me was that you just like the any awkwardness built into being on camera and doing a YouTube was like part of the joke. Like every every mm-hmm. sort of thing that was that would be awful or awkward or odd about like telling a bunch of jokes to a camera was part of this week in jokes. Whereas like that's the same thing in the Twitch for me. Like that's the same appeal to me. Um, right, Stefan, your 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 brand of humor. Like uh, there there are a couple of things I think of. The one being sort of like your your perennial. Uh, trolling of uh, mock drafts mm-hmm. um, which I think everyone has probably read at this point um, 
that is yours, right? I'm not. That is mine. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. The lack of reaction made me. I was like, oh god, like, <laughs> did I just say something else was funny that Stephen? No, no, no. That, that's that's oh, that's good. my thing. Oh yeah. I think uh, Martin Martin Luther King Jr. I believe invented it, and then Stephen sort of made his own spin on it. But I, but I believe Martin Luther King Jr. was one of the first ones to. Uh, uh, to ruin mock drafts, so I yeah. don't, I don't know if that. But I, uh, I, I, I popularized it. Yeah, so, right. That's right. Yeah. When he took Sonny Jurgensen first overall <laughs> in the 1962 season, it really screwed it flipped people's wigs. It was rough. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. So like that, and then also like the the kind of, I feel like there's there's a there's a sort of like um, there's a conceptual consistency uh, that. Uh, there's a conceptual consistency of both of your jokes, but Stefan's yours less rely on sort of like the absurdity of the scenario and more rely on like you using that absurdity and like making everyone else look ridiculous. Um, and I don't know if that's fair or not, but I wonder, I think it, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Is there like, do you, well, first off, do you stream? I don't know. I don't know if you stream, but then second off, like if you do, um, do you find like that's something you can do? Like, can you bring your style of humor into streaming, or is it just something that doesn't really translate? Uh, so, Jess, like with the stream, it's it's the only streaming I've done is is with Jesse. Okay. Um. So, which is nice because it, it's nice to have someone to kind of like play off of. Yeah, I imagine that uh, makes sense. And like, I've known Jesse for a while, and uh, I just we're friends, right, Jesse? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So I think that's a big part of it. Like I haven't tried like a a solo stream. I know Jesse is big on uh, on solo streams. Um, yeah, he is. But uh, I think the thing I like about uh, our stream is uh, just having yeah, like the absurdity of it. Um, like the first couple streams when we had our producer, and he should be back for the next one. Uh, we would just have like fifty things on the screen at once. And to the point where like you couldn't see the game, and that's really funny to me. I yeah. like the idea of doing a game stream where you you can't see the game at all. Um, so I think there, there's a way to bring the absurdity into it, and I, I, we're definitely working towards it. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. That like the, that's kind of the the sort of high concept stuff that I I think is really funny about your work. Um, cool. So we're at about an hour, so we can we can. I, I've, I've milked you for enough content uh, and uh, uh, jokes about jacking off. Um, <laughs> you know, it was part of the reason, uh, part of the things that's like, like on my checklist that I'm just like notching off as we go along. Um, oh, is there anything else about the experience you guys feel like we haven't touched on? Because like I feel, I feel like you guys are unique Twitch streamers in that I, I imagine you'll be super successful. It seems like you're already finding some success, um, but you're not. You're not like typical, I would say. You're you're atypical streamers. Yeah, and I think that's sort of the appeal, is mm. that we're just like two, uh, like dumbasses who like aren't particularly good at video games, uh, which I think most that's most people. Most people are dumbasses who aren't very good at video games. I think that's so. the vast majority. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's like relatable, uh, that aspect of it. And I think also part of it is. Uh, I usually have a green screen behind me and Jesse doesn't. And so you can kind of see Jesse's like furniture and stuff. And people are really into that. For people got to know how Jesse lives. I like, yeah, you know, I love roasting my shit. <laughs> there's no, there's I, like a lot of mystery behind how you live and where you live. Uh, you know, yeah. like everyone else has these, like sig has these signifiers that everyone kind of knows about, um, you know, their house. Like if, does it have a weird lawn? Does it have a weird driveway? Is their car weird? But like, <laughs> I, I feel 
feel like I feel like you're like you, you, it. It could be anything that's weird. It's nothing. I don't know. It's like you're a mystery man. If only people knew more about my life, and I could turn more of my life into a commodity, that would be really great. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't know what the appeal is. I don't know why anyone uh, likes anything that uh, we do for any reason. Um, that expands to the fucking whatever seventy thousand things I've typed on Twitter, which, I mean, that's like a that's like a disaster. Like, why would anyone <laughs> spend that much time on there? That's People are always like Kinja and like uh... Jesus, man. I, and I don't like. The, here's the thing, man. Is I don't like doing any of it. Um, I think <laughs> it shows. It I comes th- through. I would just rather just like lay down, like face down on the couch for twelve hours a day and then go to bed then do any of this other stuff mm-hmm. um but uh but the, it, i would um even i would have even less enthusiasm about like uh clocking in and like working at a warehouse um uh, which is maybe the only other thing i'm qualified to do is work at a warehouse so that's what uh, i used to work at a warehouse jesse and now i do internet stuff so i know so i'm trying to like uh get on at that warehouse you used to work at but it's kind of it like good. a long drive it was uh, so. it was a plumbing wholesale warehouse uh kind of just well, we moved toilets around all day so yeah i was gonna Whoa. say you're kind of overselling it with the plumbing warehouse it was a toilet <laughs> store <laughs> i mean that's the toilet listen it's like the, lame, the layman's term everyone <laughs> needs a toilet store it's like it's <laughs> yeah. we all use them um I mean, you did good work up there. (laughs) (laughs) Once you once you see how the sausage is made, you go back to go back to nature, man. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Like he's he's become jaded when when it comes to toilets. He's moved. You know what was funny is that the bathroom in the warehouse was super bad. Like it was just a really old toilet, and it was gross. Yeah. I mean, it was gross gross because it was like it was like plumbers using it every day, Um, and they, yeah, you know, it was disgusting. But also the toilet itself was like bad. And we had like those Japanese toilets with like lights and like bidets and, and all that sort of thing. And, and we just had like this $10, like 40 year old toilet. <laughs> and it was kind of like, it's, that's just sort of unfair. That's rough. But, but that's they're a good tem- primer for all the other. Uh, but that's, that's such a good primer for the world, right? Like, uh, like you get to work with all the fabulous toilets all day long. Yeah. Uh, but then when it comes time to move your own bowels, you got to go. You gotta go sit on that uh, that just real garbage. Like you're just squatting over a hole. Like that's uh, essentially, yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's, just, my left it's hand. just capitalism, man. Like that's you know, yeah. They get all your labor to make the good toilets, and all that's left is the bad toilet that you own. God, yeah. Damn. Now I'm really mad about all my my time at that warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, my mom became a vegetarian. This is a, a, a vague vague uh, departure, but my or digression. But my mom became a vegetarian because her job at the time she well she still works for the hospital but she worked for the hospital in this capacity where um she had to you know basically like she had to go around and figure out certain places in the community and like assess their risk like say like okay like what are the risks of this place like what if we get someone in the hospital that has x injury like what should we expect or can is it workplace or whatever right mm-hmm. um so like she went to the local meat packing plant and had to go on like the killing floor uh, oh, Jesus! And see all that happen, and then when she came home, my dad was uh, cooking uh, hot dogs, and she said, "Like absolutely not," and never ate meat again. <laughs> uh, wow. wow! Yeah, and like so, it was like this moment where, like, seeing how it was made really ruined it for her. And I, I like thinking about, um, you know, my head in, in my in my uh, what do they call it, like fictional headspace, head cannon. Uh, 
Stefan's Stefan's time at the toilet store was sort of a similar experience where like now no toilet uh, <laughs> like you're, you're just off the reservation you just get, get I mean I'm I'm sh- I'm shitting in a in a nice Kohler toilet now I've, I've moved on up in the world a little bit but you know, it's not one of those toilets it, no it doesn't light up it doesn't have like they, they we had those like rectangular toilets oh which boy. is like I don't really understand the appeal of that like I don't want my toilet to have a corner but I will I explain the. Uh, I'll explain some of the finer points of toiletry uh, later on, Stefan. Um, are you are you working with um, are you working with the the higher toilet or are you standard height toilet? Uh, the one here. Uh, you know, I, I'd have to actually. I'd have to take a look. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. If you have to look, then you don't. You can't be trusted, anyways. Like you should. <laughs> You should know when you sit down <laughs> if you're going far enough down where it's standard height or it's the, it's it's standard. It's not the it's not the raised one. What do you okay, think, Jesse? What do you like? Okay, I'm on the taller boy for sure, but honestly, it's more crucial to me that the bowl is elongated. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan, are you are you elongated? Bowl oh, I'm I'm, el- I'm elongated bowl? for sure. It's not it's not the round one. It's elongated. Okay, because the round one you you sit in and I mean unless you you just got really nothing going on, your dick is touching the front of the bowl. The round one is is more of like uh, you'd find that at like a school or like a, it'd be like a public toilet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that's no they're, good. They're cheaper and they're yeah, so you got to go elongated for sure. And that's the official toilet of no cartridge. Is oh, and also uh, the, the the slow close lid too. You don't want it slide it down. So you want to have the slow close lid. We have a situation at our house where, um, and of course, as I I, forget, I always forget to do the bumper, but we're in toilet chat. Um, we're officially coming <laughs> to our segment toilet chat. Uh, you got to do the flush. <laughs> okay. um, but no, we have a we have a situation at our house where some of the toilets have slow close lids and some don't, which is oh boy, I got to tell you, that's like a gamble. That, yeah, there's a lot of people slamming toilets around here. That's on you, man. At the end well, of the day, you're you're I the know. only one who's going to care about it. I know it's it's you know I don't know uh, uh, Jesse, you you or do you guys live in your own houses or do you do apartments or? I I live in an apartment with uh, Rob Wisman. And it's oh, wonderful. Hey, well, tell yeah. tell Rob I say hi. I didn't even talk together. I like him. Yeah, he's great. He Rob is stumbling around in the background right now, trying to find Stefan's extremely low toilet, and he, <laughs> he can't locate it. <laughs> Rob just every day curses the low toilet. Like he'll hear this <laughs> podcast and be like, "We have a low toilet." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, he made the terrible mistake of following me on Twitter, so uh, I'll always appreciate that. Um, I'll, I'll let him know. Uh, but Jesse, you you have a uh, you have a house, right? Yes, I do have a house. So I uh, so I'm in charge of toilets. <laughs> well, that's kind of that kind of is true. Um, it's like once you get a house, I didn't realize this. This is my my first house, and I haven't had it for that long. But um, you realize that like you're just responsible for every single problem, um, and there are a lot of them all the time, and you just uh, you just kind of live in a world where there's always something that's uns- unsatisfactory and you just have to pick and choose what it is oh man yeah and it can really get to you too right now i've got a bunch of little jobs that i'm waiting to accumulate into bigger jobs so that they're worth my time to mm-hmm. do them yeah you know i've got like a little trim piece from underneath the the door jam that needs to be uh, replaced 
Um, I've got a light bulb out over my garage that needs to be replaced. Oh, and the worst. Like, like if I were one of those people uh, who was like a good person, like I would just go and uh, just like take care of it and move on with my life and be like, well, look what I did today. Or, or actually, you know what? I wouldn't even say anything. I would just do it. Uh, and then just like take satisfaction in the fact that it was a job well done. Uh, but I'm uh, not, so I'm going to wait until it becomes uh, absolute torture to look at that light bulb that has been out uh, for a year and then finally go do it and then hate myself anyways. So Can I suggest a, uh, why, not, why not a YKS Patreon tier where uh, you agree to do the various jobs around your house that are making your life miserable? <laughs> I don't know. I think people would, uh, I feel like there are at least a few knuckleheads out there that would support my life being, uh, worse appreciably <laughs> if it were, if it, you can make it, it a higher like money, a higher tier yeah. for them to like make it, keep it bad. Oh, that's true. Like if you pay me a certain amount of money, I will, I will let my house go to shit and I will die in it. <laughs> I will make sure my family leaves me and yeah, <laughs> just keep building yeah. it up. I might do that. Um, well, uh, is there any last thoughts you guys have? Anything we didn't touch on? Um, I think. Well, well, I don't know if we want to talk about this here, Jesse, but uh, we do. We want to get like gamer rigs at some point, and oh, we're yeah, kind of inspired it. by uh, by Dink Magic, uh, who did like a GoFundMe uh, a for rig. for uh, he got a gamer rig, and then he stopped streaming. Um, <laughs> so, I th- if we if we do that, uh, we we will keep streaming. Uh, and I think Mike does want to come back and start streaming again. Uh, and I would love to, his stream is very funny. Speaking mm. of streams. Um, but, uh, we're Not looking into, guy. uh, into, I'm not sure if this is the right word, but, uh, bilking our fans. Um, <laughs> I think I we need to workshop that. Yeah. Pitch well, we can come back bit. to that. But yeah. Um, yeah. Today I was researching into the feasibility of doing a Hackintosh gaming rig. Um, and apparently the feasibility is somewhere uh, near zero mm-hmm. because if you do a Hackintosh, none of your Mac programs will work correctly. Um, Sounds like so a real good solution. Yeah, so I think that's maybe uh, one of the main problems with doing it is that it won't work. So uh, <laughs> that's why I'm looking into others. Maybe like a gaming laptop would be a good idea because I like my old-ass iMac computer. You know, what, what do you game on, Trevor? Well, I have a... Um, I bought a rig... Uh, after I finished graduate school, uh, it was sort of like a graduate, it was a getting my PhD present, um, which is sort of like a present that is like for, for doing an intellectual thing that is anti-intellectual, but that's okay. Um, yeah. I game on a, um, let me let me make sure. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an Asus computer. I just bought it uh, fully made, which actually was nice because I, um, I had these fantasies of, uh, or sort of these expectations of buying a bunch of parts off the internet using logicalincrements.com and you know piecing together a super PC or whatever, and then I realized that um, I don't know how to build things, and I don't, I'm not good at it, and didn't have a space, so right. uh, I didn't do that. I uh, I just bought it at the store, but it's uh it's a decent computer. It has a an Nvidia 1050 I think or 10 1060 one of those two, um, so it's like a nice graphics card it seems to be what you need like a lot of a lot of ram good processor and a, and a graphics card um so i just kind of so threw money so at you're it. running you're running modern stuff at like 1080p and you're pretty much doing like you're doing high settings on that yeah but in about a year i'll be uh just like everyone else uh, yeah which, which seems to be how it works 
it's depressing. Yes, it's rough. Um, but what I like about the what I like about actually having like a PC um, in all seriousness is that like I could open it up and change things out. I could get a new graphics card. It's, it's totally mm-hmm. possible. Um, whereas with a laptop, that's kind of not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Um, they do make gaming laptops though. They just also cost like uh, the, the one. You know, an Asus laptop came across my email today. It looked really good. Um, it said it had like a you know a new cooling system, so you can game however you want. And it it only cost the low low price of uh, twenty five hundred dollars for a laptop. Jesus Christ! Well, I, yeah, we're we're looking at like a even just like a cheap gaming laptop or something, which <laughs> yeah. I think exists. I mean, at cheap, it's like eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, but, no, that uh, totally does. Yeah, so I think uh, ideally we'd like to do something like that just because it'd be nice to... Like, we played uh, Nidhogg on the stream yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, I say played, I use that term very loosely, uh, because once we connected to the internet and started streaming it, it slowed down to about uh, one frame per second. <laughs> um, How the game was so I think, played. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, even if we just get a laptop that can run Nidhogg, I'm gaming on a MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse is gaming on, uh, uh, I think, the, the toaster that the Brave Little Toaster was based on. So. <laughs> oh, that sweet little guy. Glad he's still working. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah he's, he's trying his best. Um, but, uh, well, you guys yeah, should do like, a GoFundMe or something like that. I would, I would, I, this, despite the irony, I would happily, uh, I'll, I'll, if that happens, I would happily like uh, uh, advertise here. I'm trying uh, to put th- on. I'm looking on Craigslist for guys who like uh, they they have to buy their girlfriend a new bed because uh, their girlfriend wants to leave them if they uh, keep playing games too much. So I'm searching on Craigslist for guys who have to get rid of their big like neon computers um, for like two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, there's um, some real gross looking ones out there. Yeah, ones that like people. Uh, not just in houses where people smoke in the house, but like where they smoke and then blow the smoke directly into the computer. Like I'm trying to find a bunch of those that I can get together and like uh, play them off each other and try to get a low, low bid. So uh, that's what I'm working with right now. I've got a budget of $76 and I'm going to see what kind of rig I can come up with and maybe play uh, Mist on medium settings. <laughs> it's like you definitely have to pay a premium though. I will warn you, you have to pay a premium so that the thing doesn't look completely embarrassing. Uh, oh yeah, make you sure. like die every second you look at it. Because all of the all of the gaming uh, computers under two thousand dollars come uh, with a custom Deadpool uh, <laughs> case. Uh, it's got it's got the big Deadpool face on the outside, and then when you uh, when you turn on the computer, it it makes it does one of his classic Deadpool phrases like uh, like like son of a fucking cooter. I gotta, I gotta chop this guy's nuts off and stick him in his mouth, um, and that, that's what I think is probably one of the best lines from the movie. A, so. No, I mean that's that's the line. That's like uh, if you go to the IMDb page, that's the. <laughs> yeah, that's like your coffee fee line, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, so your pronunciation of that gets worse every time. I know. I forgot oh, how it was pronounced halfway through. So hey, Jesse. Oh, fee-fee. Yeah. Did you know? Uh, did you know that? Speaking of Kofifi or Kov, I like Kov. How'd you say it, stuff? I don't really know how I said. I think I usually say Kofifi. Yeah, but, but or Kovfef, Kofif. Yeah, it's like a French French Canadian. I think it's That's, it's like it's like how yeah. Lacroix is pronounced Lacroix, even though yeah. it should be pronounced Lacroix. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but did you know that the, uh, the the woman who did the Allo app uh, was the person who tweeted at Donald Trump like? 
people in Kofifi houses shouldn't throw Kofifi. Oh God, no! I, ran I the saw Hillary Clinton uh, social. Oh Christ! I didn't make the connection, but yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I thought I thought you'd appreciate that dawning horror. Uh, oh my God! People in Kofifi houses shouldn't throw Kofifi. That was and, a good tweet. It got retweeted like a lot. So yeah, that means it was good. It was super and successful. She, she may very well have coined like pancakes or bay too, because she did the Denny's social media. Is she, she did that too. Yes. Oh wow. God. Oof. Her crimes. So this is a, like this is like Henry Kissinger level of like, you know, in the conversation <laughs> to be a war criminal thing. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. She's probably she's almost at forty thousand um, dollars on the, on her thing right now. So I'm, it's like when you find out that John Wayne Gacy also made really bad paintings, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Or uh, Ed Kemper in jail apparently became a um, uh, an audiobook reader. Jesus. Oh wow! It's a bunch of reading for audiobooks for the blind. I actually have been wanting to uh, get into that, so I don't. If he if he's still around, maybe I could pick his brain on how to, uh, <laughs> how to get started, or maybe like maybe if like Ted Bundy has like a like a VO uh, series, I could kind of watch <laughs> on YouTube. Got a like, series. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen that one, but yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, I actually, there's a there's a website called. Um, I think people appreciate this, but we always put the, I guess I can start putting the banter at the end of the episode, which is uh, sort of my own little, little twist. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, there's a website called ACX that I used uh, to audition. Um, and I auditioned for the book that I thought I would definitely get. Um, Cause I thought, well, what could the competition be? It was like your guide to becoming an independent wrestler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I auditioned, I sent in my tape, and I just got an email back saying, unfortunately, I was not chosen to read the book. So um, I think I'm that giving up on that career. Wow. Well, uh, well, I, I would try it out, but uh, but getting that email would be so crushing. That's the That would be the first email I've ever gotten that says I wasn't, I wouldn't be chosen for something. <laughs> so that would be pretty tough to take. I don't know how I, I would uh, handle that, but okay. uh, that's good to have in the back pocket. Apparently... Um, I'll, I'll leave this for both of you because I think like you know you you both have the voices for it. I think anyone would love to hear you read this stuff. Apparently, if you are willing to do erotica, um, oh man, that's, oh, that's a big thing. They want they want people to read that stuff. That rocks. Now is that is that that's like 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 text erotica? It's not like just yeah. describing porno. <laughs> That'd be better, but no, it's 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 text. It's like um. Okay. You know, like a Sons of Anarchy erotic novel or something like that. Oh man, uh, you you said reading erotic. Did you ever see that? Uh, do you guys remember the show um, Insomniac with Dave Attell? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw w- one of the episodes. He went into a, a voiceover booth with a lady who was doing. Um, oh God, and I forget the term now. ADR, I think it's called. Yeah. After something is filmed, they go in and 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 uh, and redub. Yeah, they add they add dialogue to it or whatever. Um, a lady that was doing ADR for porno. Oh no! And he and he set in on her doing like you know like moaning along to uh to to the video. Which uh, man, that seemed like a cool gig in two thousand two <laughs> or whenever. Did that uh, ruin that it show. for you? Like, is that? 
Did, can you it, like, it, enjoy? You mean Insomniac? Did it ruin no, Insomniac? No, I mean, mean, I mean porn. Because I still love that show. <laughs> that was a great show. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was a very specific subset. Uh, I can remember being scandalized by that. I mean, even in those days when I would have been watching Insomniac with Dave Attell, um, which was, you know, pr- pretty far, I would say, into a like questioning religion at least. Um, I remember being scandalized by the fact that the lady who was doing that ADR had a dildo that was a cross. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I think it actually had, um, and, and there's a specific term for this as well, like the, the body of Christ on the cross <laughs> out of which the dildo was like, you know, shaped or whatever. It so, seems um, like inconvenient mostly. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's one of those uh, for show. Deal. That's probably like one you'd put on the shelf. <laughs> you know? Not really for use. It's more for looks. It's more of a statement dildo. <laughs> and there's your title. So statement enjoy dildo. That. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, well, uh, Stefan, Jesse, thanks so much for being on. Do you guys have anything to plug? Uh, the stream. Uh, you guys can check that out uh, twitch.tv slash Stefan and Jesse uh, and then uh, the GoFundMe that will, will happen at some point so it's not it doesn't exist right now so I can't really plug it I'm just plugging the concept we might do one yeah keep an eye out so, I want to yeah. encourage you to do it I think I think it would be good then I, th- I think we, we will maybe when we get to, to Twitch affiliate status oh, you're, you're, I, yeah. you're on your way we're close we're close yeah, you uh, you have to be um, you have to be a good person, and they let you do it. So Hang we're on. really working hard on um, <laughs> on achieving that uh, at this point. So <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to finally get there. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Once you get enough followers on Twitter, they give you official good person status. Oh God, I can't wait. That's gonna uh, make me feel so much better about the stuff I I do during the week um, to to get that uh, that badge, that little icon I get when I log in and it goes doo doo. You're you're doing great, bud. I mean, you're That's already verified, you're. so you're you're pretty much there. That's true. That's about as good as it gets, man. Honestly, uh, being able to tell other verified people uh, to look at my ass <laughs> and they have to, they have to read it. Uh, they they cannot they can't get it around it. They have to read me say that is pretty good. It's it's a shame that you also have to read their like five paragraph account of why. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good trade off though. It really is. All right. Well, uh, yeah, and definitely also listen to uh, Real Good Show and Your Kickstarter Sucks. Um, both really good podcasts. I really, really like them. I'm, I'm not just saying that. I endorse them. Um, thank you. And, uh, yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for being on. Of course. Anytime. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Had a blast. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah. What a, what a delight. 